Hey, 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 welcome back to Be On Air, another episode, another day. I'm here at the Draper Startup House in Austin, Texas. They have an incredible co-working space, really great deals. If you are in Austin, Texas, come get some work done here. They have a beautiful outdoor patio. So today's guest is really, really unique and amazing. And I met her a few years ago. And she has just, I mean, she was already doing amazing things, but she's taken off. And so Nanu Burks is originally from Argentina. She's a nomad currently designing art experiences that explore the intersections between consciousness expansion and transcendental technologies. Nanu is a multidimensional artist with a background in communication, healing arts, social tech, and AI, and enjoys sharing information about planet positive technology through mind body color maps wearable art, fine art, street art, and art installations. I'm going to read a quote that she said that I love, which is, we make art to store our memories and design who we become. Art is the sole language of evolution. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about crypto, about NFT, about art, work-life balance, and so much more. I'm excited to discover it. So stick around. And in a, in a moment, we are going to get to hear from Nanu. Don't compare journeys. Your journey is your specific journey, and you will be guided to the best way to get you where we go. I believe that right now is a great opportunity to leverage the power of voice. David Copperfield is a billionaire. Not a millionaire, he's a billionaire. And how did he become this? He tapped into something profound, which is the art of storytelling. Be on air. Powered by Podcast Farm. Nanu, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an amazing introduction. Thank you for that. Uh, it's so it's so great to have you here. And there there's a lot that we could we could get into today. So um first of all, you know, I, I introduced you there a little bit, but what are you working on right now in the world? Would you tell my audience a little bit about what you're up to? Sure, that sounds great. So um I am a traditional artist. You know, I come from a traditional painting background, making things with my hands. And I've been kind of resistant to getting into the technology aspect of things, uh, but somehow I keep getting pulled back and back into the technology space. And so I've been learning a lot of uh, animation programs and design programs, and that's what I've been doing mostly to um, to make my quality of art uh, a little bit better and to go with the times of technology. So it's been just insane learning, learning software, learning you know Illustrator, animation blockchain software, just you name it every single day, just so much information. So it's been really wow. fun. Yeah, yeah that amazing. sounds amazing. I'm, I'm looking forward to dive into that a bit more. So you just mentioned blockchain. So cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all, all these names, for those who don't know, you know, they've probably heard them. Everyone's hearing about the Bitcoin, you know, rising like crazy, people making a lot of money, people losing a lot of money. Would you, would you give us a primer, a crash course in and what is the blockchain? What is crypto? And then that might segue into our next point. That sounds great. So, uh, yeah, to explain it in the simplest terms that I can, you know, there was the dot-com boom, right? And that opened all these possibilities. Then there was kind of like the boom of social interactive um, internet, which is, you know, Instagrams and Twitters and all that. And then there was this boom of um, online money, which was Bitcoin, right? Um, and now there's this boom of functionality of blockchain tokens and this is what's going to take us into VR and AR. And so um, 
you know, the blockchain in the simplest terms is basically a really secure way to store information and it's distributed in a lot of different blocks in a lot of different places. So if somebody wanted to hack or change a bit of information, they would have to change it in every single signature, every single block along the way. And so it's really difficult to tamper with information. This makes um, secure transactions easy. And also you have the, the capability to make them anonymous or and at the same time to kind of track them. So it's there's a lot in there, but that's at the simplest form. It's just a tech, you know, a layer of infor- um, security and information. So from there, um, there's these things called NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. That is just fancy words, long terminology for something that's unique and cannot be exchanged for another. So let's say I have a dollar bill. The dollar bill, I lose it, I can get another dollar bill. So that's very fungible. I can just mm-hmm. replace it. If I have a piece of art and I lose it, I can't really replace it with another piece of art because it's unique. So um, does that make sense? Kind of like what blockchain, what NFTs for like? Yeah. Yeah. So if I can reflect it back, let's see. So it is a secure way and a distributed way to handle transactions and to handle handle information and communication in in an encrypted way. Is that part correct? Exactly. And what you said is very important. So it's decentralized. So the thing is that uh, there's not one owner. There's um, it, it, the information is distributed in a lot of places. And also something really important that you reflected is that blockchain and, um, and NFTs and tokens are not this one thing. It's just a layer of technology underlying a whole movement, like a whole upgrade of the internet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this is this is where it gets pretty psychedelic and and um, abstract. And there's there. So for those listening, if 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 they don't understand what this might like, what role this might play in their life, how how would this affect our our listeners? Like, how, how would this be of value to them and importance in their life? Yes. Great. Great question. Why, why do we care? Why should we care about this stuff? Well, you know how everybody has an Instagram and, and Facebook profile these days, right? So in the near future, everybody's going to have some version of access to a VR world. Even if we don't want to, even if, you know, I know we talked about stuff too in the past, you know, how we don't want to end up in a VR headset and just ignore the real world. And I, that was where I was coming from, but interacting with all the people building this future and building these apps I can see how it's just a natural progression and another layer on top of reality and how we can bring a lot of healing and it can be amazing. So, you know, for for everybody listening, imagine that, you know, soon you're going to have an application that enters you into Superworld or Decentraland, some of these places that are like Instagram, but full on immersion, right? Like The Sims uh, or Second Life. And Mm -hmm. so you'll be walking around and you'll enter uh, an art gallery and you'll see a piece of art that is attached with a line of code to the blockchain. And so instead of seeing a, a piece of art on a gallery that you know you just look at, the NFT, the non-fungible token, it's it's what gives it functionality. So let's say I walk into the art gallery, I see I see an art piece like this, and I'm like, hey, I want to grab that. And so I can click it and it'll take me to the NFT and I can purchase that. What's cool about it is that that purchase is going to track be tracked forever. And what's cool about it for artists is that every time that that art switches hands, it tracks provenance and it kicks me back a percentage. So this is why NFTs are decentralizing the art world and like blowing everyone's mind right now because it takes out the middleman and it lets the artist control the percentage that they went back. So if I sell something and I have 50% returns, no matter how many times the RP switches hands and no matter how much money collectors are making off of my art, I'm getting a percentage back. And that is not happening in the real world right now. So I'm so excited. <laughs> wow. And so could you, could you kind of share... Um... How much have some of these NFTs gone for? 
and, oh, and as far okay. as money. <laughs> Getting into it. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing because, um, okay. So I went, I was in the blockchain space since 2016 and I got really burnt out. I was working on these technologies. NFTs have been around since 2014, actually. And a lot of people think they just sprouted overnight, but we've been trying to do this for a while. Then I got burnt out and I left from like 2018, 19 at some point. And then I came back and within two weeks, I mean, I, I like came back into the NFT world. And within two weeks, I started publishing NFTs and stuff that I've been working on forever, but I just released them for the first time. And I made um, $35,000 in like two and a half weeks. So <laughs> wait, you made $35,000. Dude, that was my face too. I like, I seriously, the, but there's a story behind it. So bear with me because I don't want to be one of these influencers and one of these coaches online that posts shit like, oh, hey, you can make a 10K month. It's really easy. It's not really easy. The reason that I sold almost $40,000 in two and a half weeks is because I worked for free for six years helping build these platforms. And it's because for the last three weeks, I have been literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally working 14 to 17 hours a day, which includes five to six hours on Clubhouse, talking to the collectors and other artists. It includes tweeting every freaking half an hour, and it includes creating art all through the night that I can sell in the morning. So nothing is overnight. Overnight success doesn't exist. And, um, and you know, and it's been amazing. And also... Also, for the last two years, I haven't really been monetizing at all. I was really depressed. I really care about mental health, you know, and it was really difficult um, when you're in a space like that, that moves so quickly when you're in the crypto space and our reality for everyone is moving so fast. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to keep up with that pressure, that energy, that level and be grounded. And it does things to you, you know, so for all the people that are early adopters and for the haters that are saying, oh, you're just like a crypto millionaire, dude, think about what it's like to be in this current. You got to it's I have so much respect for any person at all that even Googles what Bitcoin is and like trying to get into the rabbit hole because it's a learning curve, man. There's a lot of technology to learn. There's a lot of there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of steps. That's so cool to hear you say that. I feel I feel better about my my little tiny forays into the world. You know, I, I purchased like a couple hundred bucks of, of Bitcoin and now it's like at 3,500 or something, you know, and that exactly. it, it's, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting technology. I'm really super fascinated by this VR thing and the AR, especially how that could affect podcasts. And so I got the Oculus Rift for a while and I was, I was putting up all my micro content and all my, my plans for my interviews in this virtual world. And I was looking at it and walking around because when you're on this screen, this here, let's, let's widen this. When you're on this screen, it's like, you just have this much, even if you have three screens, but if you're in VR, you have 360 above and below, you can put things everywhere and it, it definitely increases productivity. Uh, but it's still such a new technology and there's so much there. So I'm, you know, you've been a leader in the art world, of Bitcoin. And like, I mean, I've been hearing you work on Bitcoin for a long, long time. I mean, you were one of the first people I asked, like, what do I do? How do I get into it? So, I mean, I can imagine that things have changed a lot. Who are some of the people in the space that inspire you the most? Yeah, there's so many. I mean, it's been so awesome coming back now and reconnecting with people because it feels like a family, you know, the, the people that were there early on and at every conference and every meetup and traveling together. And that's, stack through all the dips and the crazy stuff we're tight man we're really we're really good so i mean i couldn't even name yeah everyone all the all the main crypto artists like the crypto artists that were there 
from before NFT was a thing um, are really incredible. And, um, you know, of course, there's like the crypto graffitis and like the, the main kind of godfathers of the crypto art that we're doing stuff really early on. Um, but there's so many unsung heroes and people that just building the infrastructures uh, that are incredible. And then also just I mean, I feel like I'm in awe of all the engineers creating this movement and creating mm -hmm. the solutions and the securities. That's the stuff mm -hmm. that, you know, I have friends that I've met over Telegram and we become really tight in a short amount of time. And they talk about the security stuff that they're building and it blows my mind. And even little robots, like there's this, um, this is so much fun. I'm in a Telegram group where I comment a lot and, and you know, I, I engage a lot. And so somebody invited me to join a robot that connects my wallet to this thing called dust that is just um, a new way of mining a little bit of this currency. So if I engage and comment and use this telegram group, I get paid. And so um, this is what's really important about NFTs as well. Thanks to NFTs, I've been able to monetize my Facebook, my Instagram and my Twitter content. So for wow. the first time in my life, I'm getting paid for things that I would post for free that would leave me basically nowhere. And that's incredible. Um, so yeah, I don't and it's know all on crypto. <laughs> it's you're monetizing in crypto, right? So it's all. It, does yeah. it? Wow, wow. Yeah, that's, I'm monetizing it on crypto. So, so that's huge. So you know this this podcast features a ton of podcasters, and and a, one of its goals is to support people in getting their message out and in in being on air, right? And one of the common challenges for us is to monetize. And everyone's, you know, we put out these episodes, we try and promote it on socials and all that stuff, but still you know, there's this conception, you have to have a huge following to monetize. And, you know, while I think that helps, there's all these other avenues now that are coming out and people are exploring and developing for ways that the creators can be empowered to do what they do and get paid for it. And so it sounds like you found some really amazing ways to do that. Yeah, please get on Telegram, please get on Clubhouse, and please get on the NFT world. I mean, I have two podcast episodes that I did with some of my homies in 2017, and they're on the blockchain and they're selling. They're they, like, I, I went and Googled my name the other day on, on my to bring up my NFTs that I created, and all these other things with my face were on it. And I was like, what, what are these things? And it's just a full podcast episode that is on the blockchain, and people can buy it, people can bid wow. on it, people can trade it. Wow. So you can put every single one of these episodes on the blockchain and I'll have to yeah. consult with you afterwards to try and For figure sure. out how to do that. Um, help, yeah. yeah. And I would like to talk ab about the, the blockchain and, and what it, what it, how it might affect podcasting, but um, you know, kind of zooming out from all of this, I want to, I want to dive back into this quote that I, that I shared from you, which is that we make art to store memories and design who we become. Art is the sole language of evolution. I want to kind of talk about that. I want to talk about what is art for you and and tell me more about that. I love that that quote vibes with you because, yeah, it just like it makes so much sense to me. To me, you know, culture doesn't exist without imagery and without symbology. And even in the crypto space, um, the art is so powerful. And it's if you think about it, art is the thing that's driving that economy. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And, and in, a, in, a, in a way, that's what's happening in the real, in the mainstream world too, Hollywood and all this stuff, imagery, memes, all that stuff drives the energy to monetize it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but to me specifically, it, we talk about up uploading our consciousness to the internet and all these things and all the crazy stuff that is that it's going to happen in the future. And it's already happening now. You know, if you if you get an AI uh, robot to study my Instagram and learn it, it'll have my memories. It'll have my language. It'll have my face. It, mm -hmm. It's my consciousness is already pretty much on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, so 
So yeah, to me, you know, encoding, um, encoding our emotions and, and processing through healing arts is an amazing diary to look back into and, and trace your patterns. It is an amazing gift for the future because it also reveals things for us that we are not, that we don't have conceptualized in language, but what, that we understand at a soul level and we can draw as a symbol. And so when I look back through my sketchbooks, I often learn so much about my progress, what I've done. Um, I see clarity and goals that I have towards the future. Um, and then in, in general, it's um, it's a way to to just distill really crazy concepts into something really simple that you see it and you get it, like you feel it, you know? And for me with Bitcoin, that was the main inspiration. I wanted people that knew like, you know, six years ago that knew nothing about Bitcoin to see a really cool graffiti mural that had a B and to question what the hell is that symbol? Like, why is that everywhere? And then through the art to get in, you know, interested in the research versus through the technology that can feel limiting, you know? Oh, I, I can tell that that we're going to need to do like a long form episode where we talk for three hours because there's like too, too many levels of depth. So I'm going to I'm going to try and curb my personal curiosity and keep this. <laughs> keep this. But so one, one of the things that I have been um, experiencing, it's because it's, it's hard to put it into words on Clubhouse and with these technologies is this unity of consciousness. It's like the neurons of, of humanity are all connected and we're all talking to each other faster than ever. And we're able to make all these connections and it feels like we're moving. Um, we're moving in some ways, we're moving in really, really positive directions because we're, we're looking at the shadow. We're looking at the, at the past um, horrendous crimes that have happened. We're trying to, t- you know, there's reckoning happening in so many places. And, and so that's what excites me about, for instance, Clubhouse is the the amount of conversations that are happening. However, it can be really overwhelming. There's so much info. And so I'm, I'm wondering, so you, you are focused on kind of work-life balance too. And uh, would you share a little bit about how you take care of yourself amidst all this crazy momentum and creativity? Spot on, dude. Spot on. That's the biggest challenge. I think um, Clubhouse is all up here. You know, there's a lot of feelings and there's a lot of gut and like passion but it's all intellectualized. And so we're mm. talking, talking, listening, listening. And when I go to sleep, I feel it takes me four hours to silence my brain. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I, I work with healing arts and auras and energy and all this stuff. And um, the other day I checked in with my energy body and I was so far away. I mean, I've been thinking so much and, and, and ideating and creating the world of tomorrow with people. You know, when you're thinking about downloading the next layer of what it's going to look like, you're there, man, you're far mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I brought myself back in and it took me a long time when usually that's a quick meditation for me. I check in and I'm like, okay, you know, download into the body. It took me a really long time. Um, and it's a fun place to live in. You know, it's a really fun place to be, um, to be a visionary, but right now we need a lot of like visionary creation integration and that can only happen if we're grounded. Um, and so, I mean, I try to, I try to walk barefoot through nature at least once a day, even just stand on the ground barefoot. It's incredible how much that grounds me. Um, in the morning I drink a, a meal replacement shake that has all the minerals, all the everything. So that if I eat, you know, chips throughout the day, which sometimes I do, at least I have all my main uh, sources in the morning. Um, I drink mate. I don't drink coffee. So mate keeps me, it's really nice caffeine curve versus getting like super amped and then crashing. And, uh, I try to sleep as much as I can. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but, um, the days just, just listen to your body. Like if there's a day where you want to be outside because it's Saturday and you want to be in the sun, but you just need to sleep, 
go to sleep, let your body rest. So I'm telling this to myself in tons of water. I try to just drink as much water as I can all day long. So yeah, totally. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Salud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of alien stickers on my. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. For those listeners, uh, you can watch this on YouTube, but uh, we just drank some water. So, okay. Th- this is the somatic piece. The body piece is really important. And it's something that I've been trying to go into more as well as, is being connected to the body, being connected to soma, to uh, the raw sensation. And, you know, with, with the, after last year with, it's not new, but after last year with George Floyd and everything, a lot of spotlight was put onto uh, racial trauma stored in the body. And there's like Resma Menekem, who has this great book, My Grandmother's Hands. There's The Body Keeps a Score by, I forget the wonderful author's name. And so teaches us how we can't just be up here. It's not, it's not a talk therapy thing. It's not just something we can think our way out of. It's something we have to feel and hold space for and tune into the body. And uh, I'll give a shout out to a wonderful podcast called The Body Knows and uh, highly recommend it. It's a a couple who talk about somatic work and true Tantra, not not the Western version of like, it's only about sexuality. It's about the body. It's about the innate wisdom in the body. And yeah, it's so important. And and hearing you say that you're awake at night makes me feel a lot less, I don't know, crazy because I'm in the same place. I'm just like, I'm so pumped <laughs> and so yeah. pumped it's hard to hard to ground down and you know breathing and meditation and i i was curious what what is the uh meal replacement is it huel or is it what what's oh, the little um, shake i think it's called garden of life i mix a couple of different ones i oh, have like yeah, a yeah. powder and then i have meal the meal of life it's like raw organic and it's all you know it's amazing yeah yes. and smart. i at night sometimes i take a lot of cbd just throughout my day <laughs> just nice, like nice. i leave Highly um, uh, fan or high fan of uh, all the supplements for sure. Well, and this is optimization. This is body optimization and high performers all they're burning the candle at both ends and they, we all kind of max out our adrenal glands. We max out all this, all, all of our resources. And so it's so important. I loved how you mentioned, like, you got to rest sometime. Like last Sunday, I literally didn't get out of bed. I just stayed in bed all day and I just recharged. And that, that allowed me to do five interviews today, which is, you know, it's it's a lot to be engaged and connected to people all day long, as you know, and now everyone's in Clubhouse all the time. So it's uh, it's more important than ever, probably with all the tech, all the stimulation to have unpluggable time and go out and connect with nature. Like you said, get your feet on the ground. I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. You know, five I, interviews in one day, dude. Amazing. Say that, uh, five interviews. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot. So I, yeah. I just remembered this song that you taught me in the river. Uh, by the Springs here in Austin. Hey, Wichichaya. Do you remember that oh, song? Yes. <laughs> it comes in my head all the time. I would, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to like share a little bit of it for the audience. Oh, I don't know. I'm so shy right now. You don't have to. No pressure. Yeah, it's so fun. I like turned red immediately. Look at that. I um, you like. I could, I could sell the video on me and no one can see. There you go. No, I'm joking. So um yeah with you I just I have such great memories of making uh making music and just the most healing stuff ever just over pouring tea just oh my god I miss those days so Talk much. to me about that a little bit Nanu talk to me cuz like first of all everyone please go to nanuberks.com n a n u b e r k s.com you have a, a just a really epic site and <laughs> like it's a it, there's so much content on it but you offer a lot of different kinds of offer you have a lot of different offerings can you can you talk a little bit about some of that 
Yeah, for sure. And I love I love this question because sometimes this gets missed. You know, I make fine art, obviously. Um, I, you know, have these big pieces of um all these big pieces of resin art that you can see on my website. There's videos of them. So, you know, I do that and I do NFTs and all this stuff, but I also like to do play shops that connect people to their inner um creative power. To me, it's so important that everybody has a way to self-heal and to self-re-energize, uh, and creativity is that it's the key. So I teach uh, freestyle rap uh, flows. So I can teach anyone how to freestyle rap in 15 minutes. It's super fun to do in groups. I paint huge murals with communities sometimes. Uh, uh, I do the mind-body color maps, which is a healing um, kind of like medical me- medium scan of your body, and that's been super awesome as well. Um, and I also channel symbols for people, or you know, whatever I can do to help kind of connect them to that that you know energy to want to move forward and and create something and and just healing the limitations around what creativity is. You know, everybody's creative from how they talk to how they walk to the, their preferences. Um, And I get that it's different to be able to monetize creativity or to feel creative even, um, but everybody innately has the opportunity to tap into that, you know? Wow. Yeah. The free, so one of the, probably, it was probably that same day after that, this great song, Hey, Witcher Child. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sing it. Please sing it. (laughs) No, wait, wait. So um, the the tea and the freestyling. So we actually have a uh, freestyle up. Maybe I'll put that in the show notes. If it's still on your SoundCloud, there's a really nice uh, freestyling oh, tea. And yeah, so freestyling is really amazing. We're talking about being not grounded and being kind of up in the ether and, and, and being visionaries. And I feel like freestyling is so cool because it's very much that like pulling down from, from intuition and from you know, consciousness and then bringing it out into words and communication. And it's so powerful to watch people like yourself uh, connect to that source and share that. So I, I'd be really interested on, um, you know, following up with you about your freestyling workshops. But then you also mentioned symbols, you channel symbols. So I wanted to talk to you about this idea. You see my little like uh, podcast farm logo up there in the top yeah, left. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I help people with brand strategy. And people often think that think that brands are logos, which they're not. Brands are how your audience or how your community perceive you and 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 trust you and, and relate with you. That's like your brand. Yeah. But every brand needs like a face and that's what the logo is. But I've been tripping out on this idea that sigils are brands, right? So sigils, if people don't know it, are like these symbols of power that usually you can take either words or intentions and and sort of overlay them on top of each other. So let's say I wanted to make a sigil of, you know, my name, I could, I could take all my letters and I can overlay them and try and build a symbol out of that. And then I kind of have like a little brand sigil for my name. The interesting thing is there's something really powerful about doing it. And I'm just curious your thoughts on it. Cause you channel symbols. So I'm-, I'm looking like, I'm looking for my sketchbook. I have like, I'm so unorganized and so organized at the same time, but I have like 10 million sketchbooks and I'm always drawing on different ones. So I was trying to see if I could find one. Um, but yeah, we can post them later. So yeah, Basically, um, yeah, I feel like you imprint the energy of whatever intention you have when you create a piece, right? So even if I make three lines, but I make them with a specific energy, it'll have that energy signature. So what you said with the sigils and with your name, that's really powerful. We connect our name and the shape of our name to so many things. And so if we can put that into a symbol that means something to us, it's really, really uh, powerful. And the symbols I've been channeling for people are very... um, across i guess they're like ancient alien style you know it's kind of like modern um 
modern i don't know i don't know what to call it but that's what it feels like and so they're very alien and it has this kind of a uh, weird symbology yeah exactly so in this picture that you're pulling up perfect moment um there a lot of the the letters around it it's kind of like this invented language i use i'm super dyslexic so numbers and letters look totally the same to me um and so there's encrypted messages of positivity in there there's like love and light and you know balance yourself and make your own economy make your own freedom there's all this stuff around it um so you, often the symbol side channel for people are what looks like one or two letters of that uh with eyes and this all sorts of stuff so yeah it's really fun I love doing it and I do um, so for a while I was doing uh, healing arts as a full-time job and I was charging like 250 an hour and it was fun but it was it, it's not accessible to everyone so mm -hmm. right now I'm offering donation based uh, sim channel symbols for people donation based, uh, based poems that I channel for people um, so I do a lot of that stuff you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter and I'll and I'll just like uh, I love it so um, I'm one of the things that I've been meditating on is is language in general and uh labels so there's this great book that i have in here but i'm, I'm not going to get it it's called thanks for the feedback and one of it, it breaks down like why it's so hard to get feedback sometimes like especially if it's not positive affirmations or something if it's like a challenge mm -hmm. and one of the reasons for that is because of labels so if let's say harry and sally are there and um Sally says, Harry, you're being mean, right? So what does mean mean is this picture? It's a mind movie in Sally's head. And it's also a picture in Harry's head, but it's a different one. It's a different movie. It's his understanding of mean. And so that's a label. So then, so if, if he wanted to receive feedback instead of being defensive and as men, like, I don't know, speaking for myself, I've been really defensive a lot, a lot of time because I was kind of conditioned to that if I was wrong, that made me like a weak man and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I think guys can be really defensive sometimes. And it's it's under it's like it triggers our amygdala. Women too. It triggers triggers everyone's amygdala. Totally. So if we break break open what the label means, it might mean, okay, when you did this thing, I felt this. And so we can understand more of like what the objective reality was that happened, what happened, and then it made this person feel this way. And so I say all that because labels are really powerful somehow we're and uh, like to borrow from terence mckenna we're like wiggling air at each other and understanding our each other's mind movies kind of and it's super it's super weird and, and strange but when you're building these symbols or these brands or you're you're making art and you're creating this emotional uh reaction or or yeah this effect on impact on another person you're passing information, you know, and it's it's encrypted in this symbol or this label. And I'm just, uh, you know, I believe so much in the power of speech and the power of voice and abracadabra, it is created as it is spoken, you know? It's so. so true. And honestly, that bit about conscious communication is my obsession, like low key, mm -hmm. but true. It's my obsession. And, and it, seems, it seems so silly to me when I started studying it, things, statements like it seem extreme, like, oh, if I walk into a room and I say it's cold here, that's a violent statement because I'm saying mm -hmm. it's cold and everybody mm -hmm. should feel what I feel. And if I walk in and I say I'm cold, it's not, you know, but it does, it does, it has solved so many issues for me in communication. And I'll give you, I'll give you one that you might've heard, but I, it's one of my favorite tools ever. Whenever you get into confrontation or an argument or disagreement with someone, stop and just ask, 
how old do you feel right now? And then ask yourself, how old do I feel right now? And you'll be mind blown about all the patterns come up. You know, if you're three years old, you're like, oh shit, this is triggering this thing with my dad or, oh, this is triggering this like abandonment issue. It is, and it's playful too, because you can, once you stop, you're in the middle of a heated argument and you say, oh my God, I feel 13 years old right now. It's funny, you know, and and then you see the truth, you can't change it. And so, or you can't, but you know, you see the truth, you can't ignore it. So yeah, it's super useful. (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So I went through a nine month deep psychology of intimate relationship program through the relationship school. Beautiful. And it uh, it taught a lot of these skills, a lot of, of that stuff of like going back into the trigger and dealing with our physiology and so much of conflict is a physiological reaction. It's not a cognitive thing. It's the amygdala hijacking our, our behavior basically. And so we have to, we have to both work to like have compassion, understanding that that will happen for everyone. Everyone will be triggered. Everyone will act like a child sometimes, but then we also have to learn our, how to manage our nervous system and how to manage those who we love. You know, we co we co-regulate each other. We are, we are relating beings. We're not, isolated and so we if we do affect each other but that's such a great point you said about the the coldness of the room <laughs> reminds me of e prime have you heard of e prime uh, yeah, yeah exactly it's like it's so ridiculous you start studying these things and it seems so extreme but then when you use them in practice it's actually really really useful i don't really argue with people anymore i mean i have some you know like everyone with families usually toughest and stuff like that but it's it's amazing I used to be pretty confrontational and insecure and, and, and take everything personal. That was like the hardest one, take everything personal. Mm-hmm. So then because of the insecurity of feeling unworthy or whatever. And then when you can start clearing some of those patterns, you feel so free. You just, people don't take your power away anymore. You don't give it away anymore. It still happens obviously. Right. But when you can catch it early, it's so satisfying, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. You feel way more empowered to, yeah. to act the way you want to and put your, your best self forward. Right. Yeah. So- so one of the focuses for me personally is youth development and and like the future of education and ed tech. And so I'm kind of curious what you what do you make of this whole situation, you know, since the lockdown, so many students are either bored out of their mind, not showing up at all or, you know, missing that social part. Um I'm I'm curious like like maybe you could give some advice cuz I, I do think there's going to be more younger audience listening to this and you know, what would you advise to the next generation who's in middle school and and high school? And then like, what do you see the future of of education becoming? For sure. I love this question. I'm actually working with three or four projects right now that include uh, bringing art back into the classroom. That's always been like a huge passion of mine. And it's, there's so many cool people in the crypto space that get this and that understand it and that we're taking this, writing this wave of NFTs as being empowered mostly through art to also bring that back into the community. So Mm. everything from murals that we're painting, that we're making them collect money. And I can go into that in another podcast, but anyway, murals in the community that collect money to fund school projects, uh, to selling NFTs that fund school projects, all the, all those things. And then as far as, um, advice, honestly, it's like anything, you know, you wake up and you want to get to the gym and you don't, but then when it's hard, but when you do, you never regret it. Like, tell me one time that you go to the gym and you were like, oh, I wish I stayed in bed instead. Never, never. And so with drawing and with artistic creation is the same. And I have to push myself with this even all the time, even though I love it, just grab a pencil and open a book, whatever you have near and just scribble, literally make one line. And if that one line is everything you did that day, that's awesome. Just get into the muscle memory and you'll just realize that you end up doodling. You end up same with music, grab an instrument, 
put this, you know, play the strings once, grab a drum, hit it a couple of times. Uh, when you feel these, these calls, um, these pings from the universe, that you just want to sing or you want to scream. And then we just ignore it because it's weird. You know, sometimes you're around people, whatever, just do it, act within it. You probably know these better than me. You know, the exact mark, what is it like a half of a second or something that it takes the brain to then to override mm. something. Mm. So yeah, just whenever that instinct comes up, just take action, however it is. Wear weird stuff that you wouldn't wear before. Just any way that you can interrupt like the the routine in your life, do that. Um, and it's going to bring up so much creativity. Like all the things, even like brushing your teeth with a, the other hand, you know, just however you can intercept your routine, uh, mm. it's going to amplify your creativity. And so, and there's also, you know, a balance between intake, like looking, you know, looking at new cartoons or new animation or new movies, and then times where you're not consuming, but you're creating. I think that's an important distinction as well. Wow. There's so much value there. Okay. Let me, let me, first of all, pings from the universe is a great way to describe that. And then the interrupting routine will amplify your creativity. So, and whether that's writing with your other hand, drawing with your other hand or brushing your teeth with the other hand or wearing something different, hanging out with different people, going a different way on your walk, like anything that, that, changes your routine will spark creativity in my understanding right a hundred percent and you'll feel those moments all the time the more you notice them you know you'll be walking by and you see a flower and you want to stop and smell it but you just keep walking even if you keep walking and you notice that take three steps back and go smell that flower i swear mm. things like that are so important it's like uh it creates a relationship with the cosmos and synchronicity and and the inner inner guidance of if you listen to the call then you kind of, kind of turns it up almost turns up the volume. Exactly. And you never know. It's weird stuff you get into. It's how synchronicity works that people you end up meeting craziest things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you were traveling uh, internationally, uh, especially before lockdown, you're in Bali. Um, you know, you're, you're a nomad. Can you talk a little bit about how you manage to do everything you're doing while still traveling? Oh, God. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been really challenging and really beautiful. Um, I've been, you know, traveling by myself since I was really young and I was painting murals, travel backpacking through South America and like exchanging them for food and housing. And I've always, always been nomadic. I've always made art on the road. Um, and I had these mind limitations, these limiting beliefs that are actually not true at all. And I've been dismantling these through the workflow. So for example, I always had this idea that until I had a studio like this one with skylights and a lot of space, I would never produce um, the, the work, the best work I could make. But actually, since I've had this studio, it's mostly been an office and I've mostly been doing podcasts. I have a couple paintings I'm working on, commissioning and stuff, but I've mostly been on my phone editing videos. Wow. And the best pieces I've ever made have been like these pieces behind me, the resin pieces. Mm. I made those in three different cities, one time, part of it in LA in a garage, part of it like in some random Airbnb. And, and that stuff takes a lot of materials. I have to carry around all this crazy stuff. And so um, when I finally, finally, you know, we finally achieved the things we want and everything's going to be okay. When I finally got the studio, I felt guilty because I wasn't using it at all. I have all my mixed media materials and that's not what's showing up for me right now. And I can't mm -hmm. force it. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been, it's been retrospectively looking back i realize how all the limitations there's always going to be limitations and uncomfortable things but the the uncomfortable moments that make push us to grow and that make us be more creative and that make us be versatile those are where the best things are born you know usually and so sure it's nice and sometimes it's really nice when i do work on my commissions now it is really nice to have the space um but but i've learned like the biggest takeaway is 
whatever you want to create, you can create it wherever you are. Um, and one of the biggest examples is, is probably I was in a castle in Italy, like in Tuscany somewhere for a, an AI um, convention, like a consciousness expansion. Wow. And, and uh, I had the opportunity to make an art installation. And I've always wanted to do something in that technology space. And I had nothing. I was super broke at the time. I had no money. And I was in a tiny town. So I drove to um to a to a ferreteria. What is it called? It's like a hardware like, store. Yeah, I think, oh my God, thank you so much. A hardware <laughs> store. And I collected as many things as I could with like 200 bucks. And I made an art installation out of that. That was a, an intention portal and people loved it. And it was so much fun. So there's no excuses. You know, creativity is the answer always. So Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Snaps to that. Snaps, people. Snap, snap at home, snap in the car. Keep one hand on the wheel. That's awesome. <laughs> wow, this has been such an inspiring conversation. And as we as we start to wind down, um, where, how, okay. So the listener listening who is totally inspired and they're like, I need to know now, now I need to see your work. I need to interact. I need to connect. What, how do you want them to go about doing that? Thank you so much. And thank you for everyone listening and putting the time to just hang out with us. It's so cool. I'm so honored. Just, yeah, just, I'm amazed by, by all of the connections. So you can reach out to me on Twitter. I mostly live on Twitter now. Um, I used to mostly live on Instagram, but I mostly live on Twitter, which and all of my handles are at Nanoworks. If you type type that anywhere, mostly I'm on Telegram as well. Um, and then, of course, if you, you know, Instagram, that, that works, too. Um, and I just say don't get discouraged if I don't answer right away and feel free to message me a couple of times because I do want to get to everyone. Um, but, yeah, just Twitter is great. Instagram is great. Um, and I, I'm doing a lot of podcasts lately. So if you have questions that you want me to to keep in mind for podcasts, send me those, too. And uh, where can they buy your art, especially if they wanted to buy NFT art? Yeah, so uh, I have the link tree that's that's floating below um, that has all of them. And then um, they're not on my website yet because my website's being upgraded, but link tree is the best place. And if you go to Twitter, I post every single day all the new things I'm doing. So and Instagram too. But yeah, the Wonderful. links are wonderful well any any final thoughts or messages or you know ideas that you want to blast out onto the airwaves yes i want to ask you what your word of the day is and i want to close with mine as well (laughs) Ooh, ooh, it's good okay i have it actually i might have it pulled up i would because i've been posting these words of the day uh graphics on my instagram because i needed i needed uh i needed something easy and consistent that i could do uh, every day and post and the words of the day are just super uh, easy and beautiful. So uh, my word of the day is Aurora, which is the dawn. You know, it's obviously a natural or obviously it's the natural electrical phenomenon characterized by the appearance of streamers, a reddish greenish light in the sky, kind of like at the North Pole. But the it's also just the dawn. So Aurora, that's the word of the day. Oh, I love that. And it sounds so nice, too. And it's good for graffiti also. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. And has aura in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know you were doing that with the words of the day. How fun. Yeah. Um, what about yours? Mine, mine is, um, I think it's grounding. I've just been grounding so much and we need it. We all need it. I'm a double air sign, but I have a lot of fire. So I use that to ground. Um, and and yeah, and I wanted to say to the the online store, uh, shop.nineworks.com that you can access through through my website, has uh, wearable art clothes. So all the paintings that I make, I turn into leggings and clothing. So if you want to be wrapped in graffiti art, there's like a crypto specific line and also just just art and there's prints. So it's a super fun way to just be like 
embraced in art all the time. <laughs> embraced in these sacred love-filled symbols that Nanu is 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 bringing through with so much uh, so much good intention, and that that is so wonderful. And for you audio listeners, I'll make sure that the links are all in the show notes. And yeah, so I please everyone go check out Nanu's work. It's really amazing. She's a leader in the crypto art space and the crypto space and just a, a wonderful soul. And yeah, I, I really hope to have you back on for a much longer conversation and maybe even like an interesting panel would be cool. I have I have a couple other folks who they could probably ask even, you know, better questions than I could about certain things. So let's definitely do a round two. I would love that. I, I love panels. They're so much fun and they bring so much creativity too. So yeah, you're amazing. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to reconnect with you, just your creativity and your leadership as well in the space and all the people you're bringing, all the different walks of life is, is awesome. So thank you so much. I'm so inspired. So inspired to be part of this, this global, global re- revolution of consciousness and communication and love and collaboration. So till next time, Nanu, thank you again for being on air and I'll see you. See you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Be On Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your mic and broadcasting your message to the world. Are you ready to start your own podcast and amplify your brand? Or are you struggling to get your show in front of engaged audiences? I can help you on your broadcasting journey. Get in touch with me and apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. I'm on all the social media. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks. Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.